Well, welcome to Bethlehem Back Chat. We're here to talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Dan Smale, Senior Pastor at Bethlehem Lutheran. And I'm Wendy Ferrone, a member here at Bethlehem and the producer of the podcast. Today's topic is prayer. But before we can begin, can we take a second, Dan, and talk about why we're here doing a podcast in the first place? How'd this all come about? Well, that's a great question. I think the reality is we all live busy, hectic lives. And here in the congregation, it's no different. When we get to church, we have things to do. There's worship, youth events, fellowship events, Bible study, Sunday school. And so a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to sit around and just talk and have our questions about faith answered or addressed. So we thought we'd take a little time every couple of weeks to sit down and consider a topic, maybe even entertain some questions on that topic, and hopefully uh, provide a platform for our members to get to the important stuff of their faith. That's right. And our goal is really just to enlighten the congregation or anyone who listens to a podcast on why we do things. I have a ton of questions about what we do in worship and uh, the things we say and celebrations that we have, traditions and such. So throughout this podcast, we will follow a question and answer format. So if you have a topic or a question that you would like the pastor and I to discuss, please let us know by sending an email to office at belc.org. And please put the word podcast in the subject line. All right, on to the main topic, prayer. So when I mentioned this as a topic, Pastor, you said, oh, good, that's what I'm really passionate about. That was good news. So let's start with um, this question. What is prayer? Prayer is conversation. Prayer is connection uh, between us and the divine. And it's so important because this is the place where we get to share our hopes, our feelings, our hurts, our expectations. Uh, we get to lift the concerns of others and share in those concerns. But even more than that, I mean, this is the time that we have to sort of center ourselves, be quiet. And this is important. A lot of times we get caught up in this notion that we have to talk, that we have to ask. But the reality is we can just settle in and listen. This is just as important as any petition that we might craft. we got to open our hearts and our minds and receive the Spirit and see how the Spirit, how our God is speaking to us in any given moment, in any given situation. So you mentioned the word petition. To me, that's something you sign when you don't want the fire hydrant in front of your house. What What is a petition? It's a prayer. It's a request. Mm -hmm. uh, it's And in some ways, it's kind of a formatted request, too. It's, you know, we know who we're asking it's God, gracious God, dear God. Then you get the content, right? Here's what I'm hoping for. Could you help Aunt Sally? She's really struggling right now with an illness. And then you get the wrap-up in Jesus' name. So easy. And also, if you need the, the fire hydrant taken care of, that's good too. <laughs> that's right. The purpose of prayer, then, is kind of create a conscious contact with God and a kind of a conduit for listening as well. So it's actually kind of prayer and meditation. It, it kind of goes both ways. Oh, that's really good. Okay, so big question, the next one. Mm -hmm. um, do prayers come true? Because I was reading Matthew 7, 7, and it states that um, for the topic, the header was uh, effective prayer. And then it said, keep on asking and you will receive what you're asking for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Well, you know, I've knocked, knocked, knocked on heaven's door a lot of times and my prayers have not been answered. So what's up with that? Well, I think you, the way you phrase it is really an interesting way to phrase the question. Do prayers come true, right? Mm. Uh, are these prayers going to be answered? 
Yes, that's the easy answer. Uh, but I think that the important thing when we're praying is sort of to maintain our perspective. We want to stay away from those vending machine prayers where we approach God and throw our little coin in the slot and punch the buttons and expect that immediately we are going to get what we requested. It just does not look like that. And sometimes, I mean, truthfully, the things we're asking for, we might not know the implications of. So we got to give God some space to work. And I think when you understand it in that way, over the long haul, To answer your question, yes, we are blessed. I mean, we do receive God's grace in any given circumstance, even if it looks a little bit different than we had hoped for originally. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one. All right. So I've noticed that we kneel one time when we pray during worship service, but not necessarily at other times. So what's the intention behind the healing thing, and why do we do it just for that one prayer? Yeah, kneeling is uh, an interesting topic. I think especially in this day and age, I always find it interesting when folks visit our congregation for the first time and all of a sudden we get to that part of the service where we're offering our confession and we hear the kneelers banging (laughs) down, yes, and everybody kind of looks around and says, what's going on, you know? But posture is important. And we know this in other faith traditions and other religious traditions. Posture really is important. Posture, you mean... The way we stand, the way we look, the way we hold our hands, the way we carry ourselves. Yeah, Yeah. so when we kneel, that speaks volumes, right? Because kneeling is a posture of worship. Mm -hmm. It says by our physical actions, right, that Mm -hmm. we're looking to something higher than ourselves, um, that we really are obedient to and understand the demands of this God that, that we worship. So kneeling really is a physical way. A humbling position. Exactly, to be humbled. Um, Is it necessary? No, absolutely not. So in our worship service, some people kneel, some people stand, Mm -hmm. depending on the circumstance. Some people sit. Does God react in any different way to those folks? No, No. absolutely not. Yeah. Interesting. All right, well, so in that same vein... Mm -hmm. Why do some people bow when they pray and some look up? So some are looking down, some are looking up, some have open arms and look up, and some just stand there. So mainly I notice here we we bow our heads. Some don't fold their hands, some do. Um, but is there a preference in the culture of Lutheranism or even in just this church? No, absolutely not. You can do whatever is most meaningful to you in those situations. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think it's something important to think about because... So often when we're little ones, right, especially if we've been brought up in the church, the first thing we learn is fold your hands, Mm -hmm. bow your head, and we're going to pray. Even if it's home. I mean, at home, before meals, before bedtime, that's the posture again that we're typically taught. So that stays with us through our whole lives. And we may end up never thinking about that ever again. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a posture of humility, right, and openness, uh, ready to receive a blessing, but it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, I think if if it's meaningful for you to lift your arms in prayer, do it. You know, yeah. If it's meaningful for you to look up, do it. I think it's awesome. You know, we see a lot of sports figures do this kind of thing. We see a lot of sports figures crossing themselves. Yes. Um, yes. They, or pointing up. You got they it. You got up. it. So <laughs> yeah. those are all postures of praise that okay. are perfectly appropriate 
and keep us mindful of the source and meaning behind all of our lives. Whatever connects you. You right? got it. That's got cool. It. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole variety of prayers. And these, these are really interesting to me because it depends on what's going in your life when you realize you need to pray about something. Mm-hmm. And so I've got three in mind that I wanted to ask you about. I'm concerned about um, foxhole prayers. Like when you're in trouble and you say, God, I'll, if you get me out of this, and I promise you, I'll be there every Sunday for, let's give it three weeks. I promise you. I'll give you that if you get me out of this. Another one is a gimme prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you give me this job, I promise I'll never be late. I promise I'll. And the one that I think most concerns me and that, that I've experienced probably the most is the um, angry prayer or the, um, I can't believe you did this to me prayer, like taking my father from me or a child's got a disease or, or a child has died. And then I get angry. And I, I just am curious about what you feel about those different types of prayers. I'm glad you asked. So let's start with the first one, foxhole prayers. prayers. This yeah. is fun. This yeah. is fun. Now, <laughs> I think if you're a really theologically minded person, you are going to hear something like a foxhole prayer and say, oh, isn't that just terrible, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Because some really good things, even if the intent is a little mixed up, right? At least you're reaching out, right? right? You're yeah. reaching out. Yeah. And I think that the, the reality is some really good things have come out of these foxhole prayers. So let's take Martin Luther, okay. for example, right? Yeah. As legend has it, he's making his way along the road when this... Ah, yeah, yes. Yeah, right? Yes. Uh, this thunderstorm whips up, he despairs of his life, throws himself down on the ground, and prays, right? If you get me out of this, right. <laughs> I'll become a monk. That's right. Um, right. Yes, is the, is the theology perfect? No, but the result was pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, sure was. he ends up being sort of one of the more forceful and prophetic voices in the Christian tradition, reshaped the whole history of Christianity. So right, right. is it all bad? Absolutely not. Yeah. So we don't want to necessarily, you know curtail any foxhole prayers that might <laughs> yeah. be inspired in life. Um, the gimme prayers, same kind of thing, right? I, I think God, even if we don't have the theological maturity, God does, mm. right? So He kind of sees right through us, he doesn't he? He sees right yeah. through us, <laughs> yeah. and I think sees even deeper than we can see to, to this innocent heart that really is hoping mm. for the best. Yeah. And God can hear that like any other prayer. Mm. The other piece that I will lift up, and I have to give, you know, some credit to the folks that are saying these gimme prayers. Yeah. There's a little bit of this in, in scripture, right? Let's be honest, right? Yeah, if, we, if we look at some of those old, especially those Old Testament patriarchs, God, how about this? If there's just 10 righteous people here, will you save <laughs> the city, right. right? So That's right. there is some of that bargaining that, yeah. that takes place. You so, give me the wet fleece yeah, and I'm in. That's I'll exactly, believe you. That's yeah. exactly right. So, <laughs> To a certain degree, even those we got to sort of smile about because there's evidence for that kind of strategy, that prayer strategy in mm-hmm. Scripture. So maybe those folks who are praying the gimme prayers are really just learning from the Bible. That's and it. That's not all bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the angry prayers. Yeah. Let's talk about those. Um, I think angry prayers are actually honest mm-hmm. and important. Uh, what we don't want is people hiding anything from God. So if you're angry, let God have it. What we know is that God can take it. And back to scripture, if you read through the Psalms, even just a little bit, you get a taste of some of these angry prayers. Um, and I know some of our listeners are going to say, oh, can you be sure? Well, 
Read, read those words read there. And yeah. there's a lot of passion behind the pleas that are being made. God, why have you forsaken us? Yeah, that's a good one. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to be honest with God. I think God understands our emotions, understands the, the passion behind those emotions, mm-hmm. and more than just understands, I think this, the narrative we have indicates that God feels those with us. And you know, the whole point is building relationships. And when you lose somebody, for instance, if you're angry about losing somebody um, or the loss of a relationship, you're mourning that. It's For me, that's what anger is. Right. I'm just mourning right. something. And... Um, that makes perfect sense because um, I think I'm not angry at God. I'm right. angry that it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to be. And in, in a recent um, event, having lost my 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 dad and then my mom had been very ill. And I, I remember texting you and saying, I'm just praying for God's will because I don't know which way it should go. Right. And it's not for me to choose. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. But, but if you're disappointed in the outcome. That's okay, too. It's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And I think the way through, even in outside of prayer, in regular old-fashioned everyday life, mm-hmm. the way through anger is by expressing it, right? And through it, through the middle. Yeah, yeah exactly. So mm-hmm. if we stuff all that stuff and carry it around, we know for a fact that that's a completely unhealthy yeah. way to live. Absolutely. Um, so certainly, you know, I think in, in our prayer lives, it is okay to express our frustration and express those frustrations as passionately as we'd like. Absolutely. So I know there are prayers throughout the Bible, but there's really one big, the big kahuna yeah, prayer. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Lord's Prayer. So we say it here at Bethlehem and well, everywhere. And I find it interesting that you always say, right before we say the Lord's Prayer, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. And then we say the Lord's Prayer. What's that lead-in statement? I love, I'm thankful you asked this because this is totally one of those throwaway phrases. Uh-oh. <laughs> we, we say, oh, no, really, that we say every single week. So yeah. it becomes the formula that we just sort of stumble over and get to the good sure, stuff. Sure. But no. <laughs> It's, it's actually an important line for me uh, because we get this prayer because those first disciples went to Jesus and literally asked Jesus how to pray. pray. So every time we say this, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. We're mindful or we should be mindful of the fact that guess what? Even in 2018, we're still learning and we're still disciples and God still has the power to teach us through Christ, and that this, secondarily, that this prayer is the Lord's Prayer. The big one. It's the big one because, you know, Jesus didn't give us a ton of direct instructions. If you read through the Gospels, you find some really sort of mysterious stuff that yeah. takes some thinking to, to work our way through. That's why we have you here. Well, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but here's one of those beautiful places where the disciples ask and Jesus says, you know what? I'm Do not this. going to answer you with a question this time. I'm actually going to give you something. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that this is huge. And this yeah. is one that we carry with us. We learn very early on in our Christian yeah, journeys do, and yeah. always have. I've heard people say, too, the Lord's Prayer sort of is the gospel in miniature. Yeah. Um, it's a very liberating prayer. You mentioned earlier, when you were in the midst of a spiritual struggle, you finally got to the place where you say, you know what, God, it's your will that I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Mm-hmm. That's the heart and soul of the Lord's Prayer, right? Yeah. That comes right from the Spirit of Christ. Yeah. Um, so I think that, too, is important to be reminded of, that that's really what we're after. 
um, is is God's will. And you know, for me, when I don't know what to say, I say the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. When I'm I need encouraged, or I or I'm just kind of frustrated at the end of my rope, I just pause for a second and say it. And I I think a later podcast topic would be breaking down that prayer because That's it's awesome. so rich. It's a great idea. I think that would be a good one. I've also noticed that um, Bethlehem doesn't really follow a specific prayer formula as some of the other denominations do. Um, certain saints to look around or to something yeah, you yeah, lost or yeah. sell a house or to, to be forgiven or even individual confession or atonement. So is that a little just too Catholic? That's why we don't do it? Well, that might be a common misconception. You know, that, <laughs> I have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we're trying to distance ourselves from another tradition. But I think... <laughs> But I think that it's just a matter of our piety. And a piety is another churchy word, yep. but just means the practice that we're comfortable with. Okay. I mean, we are products of the Protestant Reformation. So we mm-hmm. looked at those saints, those statues a little bit differently because in the midst of the Reformation, as Lutherans, Presbyterians, you know, we wanted to make sure that Christ was the focus the center. and center yeah. all the time. Yeah. Even in those moments when we were looking for a mediator between us and the divine, us and the Father, us yeah. and God, it ended up being Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah. so some of those other images of saints, uh, Mary, working as the, the mediator between sort of us mm-hmm. and God, just sort of drifted away. Okay. Um, especially now, we don't have you know, a real strong reaction. As a matter of fact, I know for sure that there are Lutherans who go out and buy the little statue and bury it upside down. Oh, right? sure, sure, in the backyard, sell my house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we have some, some folks here that were, were Catholic and are now Lutheran who will come and say, is it all right if I still pray the rosary? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Connect you know, with God. That's at, the point, right? It yeah. is the point. It is the point. So I think in these kinds of res- respects, these kinds of conversations, it's important for us to let some room, sure. to have some space. Um, not all Lutherans would have that kind of response. I mm-hmm. think there are sort of some more Orthodox Lutherans who would say, right. absolutely no way. Yeah, you're um, off script. You're, you're not doing it that way. You're blowing it. That's but, right. But, you know, I'm just not sure about that. I think yeah. in this day and age, it's important for people to do what's meaningful mm-hmm. for them. And yeah. we're all on a different journey. So if at some point you get to that place where you're saying, oh, I can let the, the St. Joseph thing go. God bless you. That's yeah. great. But if you're not there, that's, that's okay, okay too. too. Absolutely. And it Absolutely. doesn't mean that there aren't saints. It just means that we don't actually pull attention toward them here. And and I'll give a little shout out for our next yeah. podcast, which is going to be our participation in Lent Madness, which is the study of saints and murders and people worthy of the golden halo. On and, the bright. Right? <laughs> it's like March Madness. Exactly. Yeah, for studying um, saints and really good people who've made a difference. So that'll be fun. But that's a little teaser for our next podcast. All right. Something that caught me by surprise was when we were saying the Lord's prayers um, and they switched the words on me. Mm-hmm. So half the congregation is saying it traditionally because that's just what they know. And that's not what the bulletin said. So why they change up the words? Um, I don't know if there was a, a specific intent behind changing the words uh, beyond getting that sacred, traditional, ancient prayer into some more contemporary language uh, that some folks thought would be a little bit more accessible to yeah. folks who are new to the faith. It just messed me up. Well, yeah, and <laughs> here's the thing. They are both printed uh, yeah. within, within our liturgy. 
Uh, and we use the contemporary sometimes. Most of the time we do use the traditional. Yeah. So when the contemporary finds its way into <laughs> worship, we definitely have some folks looking around. Um, like there's a typo in this bullet. Say, what's going on? Uh, how did we get, you know, from to trespasses and debts and That's all this it. kind of, yeah. yeah. But um, in a way, it's kind of good because it, it gives our spirits a little bit of a shock. You know, it, it yeah. wakes us up so sure. that we're not moving through this stuff more, you know, mechanically, yeah, exactly, right, than right. we should be. So in that regard, I think it, it's a blessing. It works for, for sure. me. Yeah, I noticed yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, we add things in our Lord's Prayer at the end of the Lord's Prayer that um, some folks don't. Like, uh, at the end, we say, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Um, I don't see that in the Bible either when I looked it up. Is there some denominations that don't add that part? So why do we? That's a part of a liturgical construct that comes from a long, long time ago. Uh, so when Christians long before us were in the midst of worship, that sort of doxology uh, ended up being attached to the Lord's Prayer as a faithful way to kind of wrap things up. Oh, I gotcha. Um, some denominations have that, some don't. Some, you know, expressions of Christianity do the main body of the Lord's Prayer, have a little bit more liturgy or portion of the service, and then get to that. A little um, bit later, so it's broken up. Um, but it's been around a long time. It's not something we just kind of tossed in, <laughs> you know. But it's, it's not. Is the Lord's Prayer in the Bible? It is. The Lord's Prayer definitely. But is not in the Bible. that part. Right. Not uh, okay. That for sure. All right. Yeah. So here's the final question. Okay. What is the goal of prayer? Are we to use it just to plug into God or have a conscious contact with Him? How can we grow in our prayer lives? I know, just pray a lot. But um, I understand that, like you mentioned earlier, the Psalms are a, are a collection of prayers. Could we just use those as prayers? If you wanted to, you could. Okay. Sure. If There's... you wanted to, you could. Um, if you, you know, just weren't sure how to pray or what to pray or where to start, yeah. the Psalms are a great place to start. And as a matter of fact, the Psalms are a great place to end up, too, okay. if, if that's the way it works for you. Um, the, the question is a good one. What is the goal of prayer? Mm. Um, a little bit earlier, you mentioned your mom. Yes. Right? What is the goal of calling your mom? See how she's doing? We <laughs> <laughs> right? have for dinner. Yeah. No, it's mainly, um, yeah, just to check in. Yeah, you're To main, contact, to build the, you got it. the relationship thing with my mom. You got it. a connection. Because well, I love her. Right. And, and you're I wonder maintaining she's a relationship. Yeah. And not only are you maintaining, right? Mm -hmm. You're creating relationships. That's true. You've known your mom forever. Since you were yeah, born. since I was yeah, born. Right? And yeah. you have this beautiful, wonderful relationship yeah. that is really and truly based upon your interactions with your mom. That's right? right. Yes. And we could say that about friends, mm -hmm. other members of our family. We go on and on and on. Prayer is very much that. It mm -hmm. is the content, our personal interaction with the divine, the content of our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, it's what we're thinking about. It's what we're hoping for. It's what's troubling us. If you have good news as an individual, even if you're not a person of faith, what do you want to do? You want to share. Tell somebody. You want to tell somebody. Yeah. You want to tell somebody. The beautiful thing about our life in, in this, this life of faith is that there's always somebody there to mm -hmm. tell. Mm -hmm. There's always somebody there to share our lives with good and bad. Yeah. And remember, like I said earlier, this is a two-way street. Right? So it's not just about us sharing. When you call your mom, I'm sure she has some things to say. 
lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> same, same kind of thing. Yeah. When we're praying, we got to create some space. It can't be just all about us getting all of this stuff off of our chest. Yeah. We have to create some space for mm-hmm. God to communicate with us as well. So that, so that this is an authentic conversation. So that this is a real relationship. relationship. Yes. Yeah. And not just this contrived thing that we're trying to control all the time. So like I was saying with a prayer and meditation. So prayer could be thought of as me talking to God and meditation, me hearing what he has to say. Absolutely. And sometimes you just have to get yourself silent. Yeah. To and, and there get may quiet. not even be that much difference between prayer and meditation. Yeah. They may kind of be one and the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think... The latter takes more practice. I want to acknowledge that. Oh, it does. It's tough to be quiet, right? Yeah. It's tough to be quiet. Yeah, it really it takes a lot of practice to, to even to get a consistent prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, that as soon as something goes right or wrong, or you're not sure, or you're confident, to stop and instantly turn to God. Right. To say, how's that going? Is am I doing the right thing? Let me let me recheck this. Why am I angry? All of those different things. Just stop and and consult God. And then when that part of me says you're doing fine, just fine, right? Right. Then I know I'm okay. Yeah, and it, like anything, you know, if you're gonna do it well, it takes a little practice. It does. It takes a little practice. So sometimes we hear words like a prayer discipline or a spiritual discipline, and mm-hmm. it's a little mm-hmm. bit creepy or spooky or whatever and it shouldn't be it's habit building it is it's about establishing this rhythm in your life that in the long run really is a blessing so you notice when it's not there you're missing something yes to get it to the point where you know you're missing something and for those folks i mean a lot of people can speak to this for those folks who start their day every single day Mm -hmm. with a devotion and prayer even if it's 35 seconds sure it's common if they skip that by 10 30 they realize they're a little bit out of whack, That's right? It. Sure. That they miss that time mm-hmm. because it's the foundation of their day. If you do it at the end of the day, it's the way you wrap up your day. Yeah. Um, this is an important part of our life of faith. We Really, prayer is the heart and soul of what we do. Mm-hmm. The large majority of worship is wrapped up in what? Prayer. Prayer. Before every committee meeting, what do we have? We have a prayer. Before Bible study, there's... We begin it and end it with prayer. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's awesome. I look forward to our next opportunity to chat with you about the Lutheran faith and about Bethlehem. Next time, we're going to talk about Lent Madness. I'm really excited about that, and I hope you'll all join us. A reminder to um, email us at office at belc.org and send us a topic idea that you may have. Put podcast in the subject line. So until then. Thank you very much. Please join us again. Subscribe if you can. We look forward to this opportunity to share this good news with you. Thank you so much. Thank you.